You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Family, friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin. Thank you for joining us today on the program, but before we know what got to do, what you got to do on the program, hit us up on also all those social media outlets. If you can hit us up on the uh, MySpace, that would be great, but uh, might be tough finding us there. However, you will find us on Facebook, backslash Talking Wrestling. Uh, send us an email or a Gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at TNWPod. Send us a tweet. Shoot us a message. Uh, on Instagram, go look at our, uh, our show bios and our pictures and all sorts of stuff. We can come check us out there. Uh, you know, we are there. Um, we are there. Can you hear me? Yeah, one second here. Hold on a second. Here. As I was saying, uh, where are we? We are on the TNW pod on the Twitter, uh, over on Facebook, backslash uh, Talking Wrestling. Uh, on Instagram, we are Talking Wrestling Podcast. That's a big one, Talking Wrestling Podcast. Check us out there on the Instagram. And uh, where else are we? Of course, on Spotify. Give us a follow. Listen to us on Spotify. We're Talking Wrestling is on Spotify as well as um, iTunes. Go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you know, but iTunes is so yesterday's news. Uh, Spotify's where it's at, kids. Anyways, folks, um, with me at this time is my uh, co-host, uh, six feet apart, of course, live at home in his place in Mississauga. He is right here, right now, Reese Turner. How are you, bud? Oh, one second, I'm just missing your audio, but let me try to figure, turn you up. Uh, may, might be on my account here. Um, I can't hear you for a second. I, no, hold on, maybe on, on my part. Hold on now, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. I got Perfect. you. What? Okay, good. <laughs> I got you there. I don't even want to know what happened. The cool, the cool thing is, is you're here. And, uh, and we're having a great episode today. Today... We are just like discussing. Uh, this is very vague, but top ten greatest uh, Royal Rumble moments in our opinion. So you'll get twenty Royal Rumble moments. Moment, moment, oh, can't even speak today. Twenty <laughs> Royal Rumble moments. Can I get a mimosa to go with the moments, please? Um, Let's do it. Yes, twenty Royal Rumble moments. Moments. Why is that so goddamn hard to say? <laughs> and can you say it? Twenty Royal Rumble moments. The twenty greatest Royal Rumble mimosa. Damn it! <laughs> I told you, it's so tough. Ah. Oh, twenty Royal Rumble moments. There we go. Boom. And uh, and the that's being vague because there are so many things that the royal rumble is broken down into so many categories like greatest returns greatest endings greatest surprises uh greatest funniest moments um there it's just it's just crazy so we just left it at moments and that way we can be fairly vague and i'm gonna be honest um I smoke a I smoke a fair amount of uh, pot because it's legal in Canada and we're totally allowed to so so don't be a judger and uh, I don't even care but anyways here's the thing over the years a lot of the Royal Rumbles have colluded into one Royal Rumble in my head many Royal <laughs> there are so many Royal Rumbles it's so difficult to be like oh what's the year this happened. Remember that year that Kofi Kingston made that really awesome? You, th you thought he was going to go out, and then he wasn't going to go out, and then he made back in. Remember that time? Yeah, that happened it like 20 times. times. It happened yeah. 20 <laughs> times. I was like, 20 times? I thought it happened three times in one match. Um, <laughs> like so, so the years are a blur, 
And mm-hmm. uh, so sometimes I may not be uh, as accurate as I usually am. I won't be like, and in 2017 at the Royal Rumble 28, uh, you know, like I'm not going to know the dates or the things. I'm just going to know and have a vaguely, uh, a vague idea of okay. what Royal Rumble happened and maybe who won. Because some okay. moments are, are just fantastic. And they like the, I love the moments that made me laugh. I love the moments that made me like really pop on, on an entrance. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's what the Royal Rumble is. It's 30 entrances exactly. that you're going to cheer for, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what excites you about the Royal Rumble, Reese? Oh, man. Honestly, this is, I think this is bigger than Mania for me. This is, I, I was always a Royal Rumble kid. I thought the Royal Rumble was perfection. It was my favorite wrestling video game when they put it out. When I was watching the, the events, I was always super excited. I think it might have been because of that element of surprise. You didn't know who was going to come next. You didn't know what you were going to see. Uh, but I'll find, I think you're going to find where I list off my moments. Most of my big uh, Rumble moments happened in the first 10 years of the Rumble. Yes, I do think the the vintage Rumbles are, are great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, once the Rumble lost headlining status on the card, the quality of the match kind of dipped for me. Well, I really think that needs to come back. I need to, like, first of all, the, the pay-per-view now has two rumbles. To be honest, and this might, I might take a lot of heat for saying this, I've always wanted a woman's rumble. However, um, the roster does not have enough women to fill out a good Royal Rumble match for them. You know, so not, so I yeah. think, I think their women's Royal Rumble could be scaled back 10 women and they could yep. have a really good match with 20 women. Yeah, it and could it, be like what they did at uh, Royal Albert Hall when Bulldog won. There's a 20 man. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Like if they if they look at if they go to Saudi Arabia and they use uh a you know, a, and they do a 40 man Royal Rumble, well why can't the women do a 20 woman Royal Rumble and, you know, and also, I don't, I don't want every belt defended on the show. I want, you know, yeah. like, like if, like, what's the point of having like to win the rumble to get the title shot when there's a title shot that night? You know, it's just 100%. like it, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it just makes a bigger deal. I, th- I don't mind the IC title being defended or maybe a, a, some sort of undercard, but I think 100%. you got to keep the matches like. Four matches and two rumbles, and that should be that should be the show. Like, yeah, that should be it. I'm not, I'm with you. Like for me, the rumble number one should always headline that show. Yeah, if it's called the Royal Rumble, it's always weird to have a match after it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the Royal Rumble. It's not the uh, Kevin Nash versus blah 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 show. It's the Royal Goddamn Rumble. All right, we got a. It's like the King of the Ring. If the King of the Ring was only the undercard, and that, yeah, get out of here with that noise. It's the Royal Rumble, baby. We got to put some respect back on its name, and I don't think we're doing that really. You know, yeah. I, I've not seen a good Rumble in forever. What are you talking about? Last year's Rumble was fantastic. Yeah, tell me what happened in it. Uh, Brock Lesnar threw out the first fifteen guys, and every yeah. time he threw someone out, he would like dance a little he would pretend yeah. he had his ghetto blaster he had a full brock yeah. party going on he would you like know what was better what's that when steve austin did that in 1997 no it wasn't better because that's character I for steve that's the character up on the turnbuckle exactly i know what you're talking about in the ring. i know what you're talking about but that's very character for steve austin to do he has personality brock has no personality so for Brock to go Brock, in there and to joke Brock around, the, uh, the big dance. It's, what's He's that? Some stuff. Brock had, Brock once brought a whole uh, mariachi band to a ring. He's done some silly stuff, you know. Like, I know, but this is kind of it was just awesome, and it's not anything that uh, you know. CM Punk also did a version of it too, where he would throw mm-hmm. somebody out and he had the microphone, and then somebody yeah, came the in who I, yeah. who came in. I think it was Zack Ryder came in and he hit him right in the forehead with the fucking microphone, yeah. and then he threw him out, and then he kept yeah. talking. So you know, yeah. like it has been done before, various versions mm-hmm. of it. But to say that last last year was a fantastic rumble, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't care for it. A part timer came in and made the whole main roster look weak. 
until Drew McIntyre kicked him in the head. So it was like it was a little like what I like about the Rumble is I don't I don't know, man. Even when it's such a big domineering personality, it's I don't think that they should make the rest of your locker room look so bad. Myself, even when the Undertaker was back in like I think ninety one or ninety two, I can't remember when he made his debut. He wasn't just tossing people out left, right, and center. Like he no. got a couple people out, but you know, like I. But I get it. Brock was a big guy at the time. I just, for me, it's like I saw it coming a mile away. Like here comes the claim. There he goes. Goodbye, you big dum dum. It was like I don't know. Maybe it's I'm attaching a lot of nostalgia to the old things. You know what I mean? But I just found the storytelling a little better too. I just wanted uh, someone to break Kane's record. Like, Kane still has the record to this day of 14. And Brock was at, like, he was at, I think he tied it. He was at 14, but he didn't beat it. They kicked him out at the right time to preserve yeah. that. And, and, and you know, and it's a, it's a great thing for Kane to have, like, 14 eliminations. I think it beat Diesel before. So, but yeah. anyways, uh, let's just get to it. You're, yeah, uh, let's do it. Okay, so your number ten. What was your ten? Uh, your tenth greatest moment, or your tenth? Not even greatest. Your favorite, because these are our favorite moments, and they're all yeah. debatable. And that's what's great about wrestling is everything is debatable. Yeah. All right. Well, mine is like it's toss up because I, I I took actually since we talked about doing this episode, I went back and watched as many rumbles as I could again. Yeah. Just they gave me an excuse to watch all these great pay per views that I love so much. Uh, but then it also, I, I caught some shit that I would have forgotten otherwise. Like, um, Shane McMahon, uh, was a, a rumble ref in 91. Yes. And I just love watching young baby face Shane just being like, Hey, you'll get out of there. This is my daddy's company. You know, I love that for me is always catching Shane O'Mac doing that is cool. I, I liked it. That was one of my number 10. I'll call it my number 10. What, oh, so you're talking about like a 1987 Rumble or something like the first Rumble or a second Rumble? No, this was in 91. It was his first Rumble as a ref. Oh, okay. Like he was outside the ring ex escorting the wrestlers away from ringside, watching them talk, talk to Jake the Snake and just be like, you got to go now, mister. But he looked like he was a 12-year-old just bossing these big men around. It was amazing. Yeah. And knowing oh. who he is now, it's like, I didn't know at the time, but knowing that, I'm like, oh, shit, that's Shane O'Mac. And I lost my mind. I popped a little bit. Oh, I love going back and seeing Shane O'Mac involved in Survivor Series matches. Or you see, you see, he's one of the jacket guys that come out in the suits. Or he's one, or, we, or the ref phase. Like in WrestleMania yeah. 6, he was a referee. Um, I always love seeing those. So, okay, so my, okay, so this is, uh, Okay, I think this was in the um, the Royal Rumble, uh, two thousand and eight, which was which will it'll be mentioned again uh, later on. But the, my favorite moment in the in the match um, wasn't the moment that everybody remembers. But for me, uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Rikishi and Too Cool had gone their ways, and Too Cool was the basically on the downslope. But the Too Cool. They ended up in the match together, and Rikishi came in, and all of a sudden we have a too cool Rikishi reunion, and all of a sudden Rikishi goes along with it, and they're in the middle of the ring, and like Scotty Too Hotty goes against the hats, they put the glasses on them, the lights go out, the whole too cool, too cool music comes on, they do the dance, it ends, everybody goes nuts. And then Rikishi delivers a double clothesline to eliminate both of them. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I love that it's to remind too cool, you're not that cool. And, uh, and you know, uh, rest in power, um, you know, uh, Brian Lawler or uh, Brian Christopher. Um, you know, uh, so that was uh, my problem. I just thought that was such a funny moment. And, uh, and that was my... Uh, my 2008 so i would say that was probably my you know my 10th favorite moment um okay. and i'll go into number nine since and then we'll go back yep. and forth Sounds speaking good. while speaking while we're in 2008 just the rumble itself the big secret cena was supposed to be out for a full year he comes back okay. in eight in eight, eight, eight months' time, he makes the Rumble. Nobody expects him there, and they totally hide him there. The reaction when he comes out and his music hits, 
the reaction on some of the superstars' faces are like, are, is this for fucking real? Like, nobody knew he was there. And uh, maybe somebody said, I saw somebody, I remember somebody backstage saying they, they saw somebody being brought in in a hood over, but the shoes gave it away. <laughs> the fucking Jordan. Well, maybe it was Michael Jordan. Um, but anyway, so so it was really cool that he came in and like, you know, just the scene when he came in and it, and it was at Madison Square Garden and like, you know, it, it it was just such an epic moment. And then he won the Rumble and, you know, it's just um, 2008 is when I really started just uh, accepting John Cena. Uh, when he was, I never liked the Doctor of Thugonomics. And, uh, no. No, but to see him come back after that injury and, you know, it's like this guy, you know, if one thing's for sure, this guy loves wrestling. And uh, you don't work that hard to come back that quick. Most guys would have taken their time, you know. But this guy just, you know, he loves wrestling. And, uh, yeah, pretty awesome, pretty awesome. Even though, uh, you know, so so that's my 2008. And then I'm done with that because I don't even want to think of what I didn't like about the 2008 Rumble, which is Roddy Piper getting into the ring when he shouldn't have. Uh, you know, he was limping. He was, you know, he, yeah. he took off his shirt. It's like, leave your shirt on, Rod. You know, like, he, you know, it was like, just, oh, come on. Like, that that was like, that that was such a takeaway from that match. But that Rumble 2008 was uh, one of the better Rumbles. And, uh, you know, it's the, I, I have the first 20 Rumbles on DVD because um, I have this, it's like the, the this package they put out. And yeah. uh, it ends at like 2007. So 2008 is the, is the next generation of Rumbles, and uh, uh, the, that's the way I look because now we're at like we're almost at another 20. So, um, yeah. but yeah, so that's so that so so the first one for me is they're both from the same Rumble, uh, too cool, and then John Cena's return. So nice. Okay, my second, my number eight or nine pick, we're on nine. Uh, would it's like they kind of like the opposite, I guess. You went with John Cena coming back, and I'm going to go with one of the old guard going out, and uh, that's uh, in 1990, Andre the Giant's last rumble. Um, he looked fucking immobile, but it was so great to see him in there. Like he spent 90 percent of the time hanging onto the ropes, but yeah. he just—it looked so cool to see him in the ring. I think Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were in there. And just watching him just like play with these younger cats and then straight up stand on a man's chest. And it's like, no, get off the monster. Yeah. Like, it was just, yeah, it was magic, man. It's like, I think this was like, I was young. I was young when this came out. So I was like six. Uh, and I remember watching it and just being, being blown away. I think Hogan ended up taking 90. But just watching this whole thing was fucking, I, I was mad. I love you froze on me. I'm going to wait for you to come back. He's telling us about Andre the Giant, folks. That's what's going on here. He's telling us how great Andre was in uh, one of the Rumbles there, probably the second or third one, uh, one of the ones that Hulk Hogan won. Uh, Big John Studd did win the second Rumble. Uh, so that Jim was in, in 1989. Wasn't that 89, John Studd? Uh, John Studd was, uh, yeah, 89. Uh, then Hogan, Hogan, Flair. Yes, Hogan, Hogan, Flair, and then uh, Yoko, Brett, and Luger. Yeah. Uh, and then the double Shawn Michaels, then the double Steve Austin, uh, bringing us into McMahon, yeah. <laughs> The Rock, Stone Cold again, Triple H, and then Brock wins his first. And then they have uh, the Benoit one, which they probably don't ever talk about, which was amazing. Batista, Mysterio, Undertaker. Took Undertaker 20 Royal Rumbles before The Undertaker won a Royal Rumble. I think it's because he was crazy. But he was probably usually in the matches on the undercard. Like No, he was on he was in a few rumbles, man. He was in uh ninety one, I think, that he that was his first rumble. He was in like ninety three. He was in a few, but they were earlier on in his career, and then I think they realized that he didn't need the rumble really, you know what I mean? Yes. He could anywhere on the card. Um, so yeah, so you're, so you're Andre the Giant, okay, is, uh, your number, number nine. nine. So now I owe you my number eight. Yeah. And so hurry my number up. number eight. All right. 
my number eight is my, I think it's my most recent looking at my sheet. Uh, my number eight was AJ Styles debuting in 2016. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, man. Like to see like this guy that I never, I didn't think he was going to go, like, you know, that's a fan. And then boom, there, yeah, it was pretty big. I remember watching it because this is when I, around when I first got back in, got back into wrestling. Yeah. And uh, the people I was watching it with, I think three of them came in their pants and two of them shat their pants. You know, (laughs) it was quite the reaction. Well, it was like AJ Styles had been all over the world. You know, he'd been in Impact, he'd been TNA forever. And then he went to Japan, and he was the leader of Bullet Club, and that was a big deal because New Japan was starting to become really popular. And they didn't know whether or not uh, the people would know who AJ Styles was. And uh, they hit the music, he came out, and everybody knew, and it was amazing and her, even the way Roman Reigns sell, sold it, like, squinted his eyes, like, who the fuck is this? Like, what am I reading? I am phenomenal, you know? Um, and then AJ comes in. Great moment, indeed. And then AJ, you know, pretty quickly off to, uh, I think he gave somebody a bloody lip with a kick off the top rope or something in that or pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just, that's, that was amazing. That's an amazing moment. I also There's agree with that. Um, yeah. So it's my turn now. Um, for eight. For number eight. Uh, yeah. Okay, so eight and seven. All right. So eight. Um, let me take a look here. Take a look-see. Um, let's see. I was going to say... Um, um, do 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 um. Uh, okay, so my number eight is who? Oh, okay, so when when uh, Batista and Cena went over the ropes together, and one of them was supposed to win and stay in, but they both fell over the ropes. Yeah, and then and then, and then so normally both would go over and both would win, or would go to review. On who fell first, but instead, Mr. McMahon came down because he was so unhappy with the match, and he blew both of his quads out. Both of them. In the ring, and he couldn't get up, and he was sitting down like, get back in the ring, start the match over. Like, that whole scenario was hilarious. I know it wasn't planned, but it was fucking awesome, and that is my number eight. Uh, my number seven um, is uh, is um, it was the I believe it was the second Royal Rumble um, where Big John Stud won maybe where Axe and Smash drew number one and two in the Rumble and so they played the music of the first guy he came down. And then they played the music of the second guy, and he came down. And then they're like, are these two guys going to go at it? And they're tag team partners. They're demolition. And, of course, they go at it. And it's like for two minutes, you watch these tag team partners just destroy each other, which in hindsight is like, wouldn't it have been better for them to say, hey, let's take two minutes and formulate a plan and let's just beat everybody up that comes in one by one and throw them out and take this together as we are a team. No, they were like, no, they were like, hey, this looks like a good time to practice fighting, you know, and then they sparred with each other and uh, might not have been the greatest move, but entertainment wise, uh, that's my number seven. I have a, I think I have a, looks like a tie for my number seven. All right. Tie it up. Tie it up. Well, one of them we kind of briefly discussed anyway. It was, uh, it's just a kind of like a composite uh, of Kofi Kingston avoiding elimination. Yes. (laughs) Like, like just seeing the handstand, him walk around the the fucking ring on his hands, the fucking crowd surfing time, like using a chair and pogo hopping. 
Like, it's fucking ludicrous what he did. But, like, my second fan, like, that tied that moment for me was, I think it was Luke from the Bushwhackers. Okay. In uh, 92. Yeah. He bushwhacked in. He walked <laughs> around the ring, didn't touch anybody, and then somebody just dashed him right over the top, and then he just kept going. And he went well, right back out. And I thought that, I laughed. And when I rewatched it, I laughed. <laughs> you know, I thought it was great. I just like I thought you were gonna say he bushwhacked in and he bushwhacked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he bushwhacked around, then he bushwhacked out. You yeah. know, <laughs> he, he bushwhacked around for a little bit and then he bushwhacked out of there. He was like bushwhacked. Yeah, it was fucking in. phenomenal, man. That to me was is one of those moments that you can even watch it now, dude, and you're gonna laugh. Like I can guarantee you're gonna laugh. Yeah, that was that was a funny moment. I do agree with that. That was a funny moment. Uh, I would say, for, yeah, go on. No, no, that's it. It was a complete just like it was, like you're saying exactly right, man. Like when you watched it, you couldn't help but kind of like <laughs> you know. Like... Uh, for me, okay, so I so see we're down to six already. We're we're screwed. We're going through these quick. Uh, that's all right though, because there's so many things to talk about. Uh, so, oh, so six, so 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 six for me. Uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, any time Santino was in the Royal Rumble was entertaining to me, but the minute you saw Santino heading for the ring and Mick Foley already in the ring, you you wanted to see what you wanted to see. You wanted to see. The the snake versus uh you know Mr. Socko, and yeah. uh, and those two saw the opportunity and they uh, delivered on it, and it was one of the most entertaining moments in all. It was a royal one of those Royal Rumble moments. Like that's the thing. It's like what makes a good Royal Rumble? Like uh, a quick start, a good selection of numbers with the right placement of the right stars in the right plot spots. Like, do you remember the year Rey Mysterio came in at 27, I mean 30, and everybody fucking booed him because everybody thought yeah. somebody else was coming back? And yeah. they were, I don't even remember who was supposed to come back. I just remember everybody was waiting for this person to come in, and they hit number 30, and they hit Rey Mysterio's music, and the crowd just like, <laughs> and Ray was like, "What the fuck did I do?" It's like, yeah, yeah it was. So it's it's sort of like that. Um, yeah. So uh, what was I just saying? Um, that moment with uh, <laughs> Santino, with Santino and Mick. Yeah, that was great. I guess that would be my. Where are we? Are we at six now? No, six. Yeah. So six. that would be my six. So what would be yours? Okay. My six, I think, is when Maven eliminated the Taker. Yes. And then Undertaker starts walking back to the thing, and then he's just like this. Nah, fuck this. And he just turns around and proceeds to fucking paintbrush him for everybody's enjoyment. Just destroy him with chairs. Every It was a wonderful thing to watch. I wonder if they told, like, usually you know who's who's going to take you out. Like, I think the Royal Rumble goes like, so you're going to get thrown out by this guy. You're going to get thrown out by this guy. I just think they just told um, – they didn't tell Undertaker or anything. They just told Maven, you're throwing out the Undertaker. And they might yeah. not have told the Undertaker because he might not have agreed to it. But, you know, yeah, like – and then he was like, fuck this. You know, like just insane or, you know, and because that beating he put on him like – Put him through the pop glass, can, like yeah. threw him through the pop glass machine up on the main floor, like yeah, it's just ridiculous. What did Maven ever do? You know, like to, he won tough enough, baby. He won tough enough, and he proved Vin, that. I'm telling you, man. Vince McMahon has this thing: if you win a competition, he wants to punish you. It's like Bart Gunn wins tough, uh, wins the the boxing thing. Uh, and then Vince McMahon's like, I'm going to make you fight a legit heavyweight boxer. And like, right. you win, you get punished. Yes, it was that was the worst thing ever. Like, can you imagine? Like, he, you win a match against Butterbean, and Butterbean is just a beast. Like, he, yeah. Oh, and he ended Bart Gunn's career. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Yeah. Not he even after Rumble. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 
As, uh, right now, we should also say um, Pat Patterson created the greatest match of all time, the uh, yeah. the yeah. the Royal Rumble, and uh, Pat Patterson passed this year, and uh, and rest in peace, uh, last year. Pat Patterson. Yeah, yeah you know, was it last year or was it this year? I think it was December. Was it? Wait, fuck, we're in January. It was last year. Late yes. last year. Yeah. I'm so bad. I'm so behind, far behind on my hindsight. Um. So yeah. So anyway, uh, we are at uh, five. What is your uh, your fifth favorite moment? For me, it's uh, it's probably going to be uh, ninety six. Um, there was a moment that I found to be completely improbable, but it's grown on me. It just shows the power of uh, politicking. Um, it was um, there was a moment when Yokozuna and Vader. We're fighting, and then Shawn Michaels comes across the ring and somehow picks them both up and eliminates both of them like he is Hulk Hogan. And I'm like, <laughs> this is Shawn Michaels. This is the height of his uh, getting right up Vince's dickhole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is how that happened. But that rumble was like, also, it was the first rumble I think that didn't headline the show, yeah. was 96. Uh, and uh, that's the second time he did the cat skinning. So, like, he did, I uh, skinned the cat and won again. But I think he was more of a face this time. Now he's starting to get over as a face. First of all, I I have a feeling that before Shawn Michaels did that, uh, because he landed out, I have a feeling that before he did it, uh, the Royal Rumble was just a, as soon as you go out, you go out. But then all of a sudden, because it was like after, when Sean, when Shawn Michaels hit the one foot and hit the floor, it was like, it's both. It has to be both feet. And then they kept saying that yeah. every rumble since. Um, oh, I don't. Yeah. I think I think to be honest, once you your foot hits the floor and you can stand up and grab the ropes and you're still standing on the floor, you're on the floor. Um, yeah. So so I don't like Shawn Michaels skin the cat where he touches the ground i'm like no, no, no. that was the first one the I'm first like, one he touched yeah. the ground i was like you hit the ground you're out like yeah, to exactly. me kofi kingston walking on his hands is impressive as fuck but he's walking on he's clearly outside the ring and he's clearly, he's clearly moving around. Yeah, look, look yeah. are you telling me that you only can lose a roller rumble by having both feet hit the ground well guess what zach gowan is still in it and so is <laughs> carrie von eric <laughs> It's so, true. Oh, it's very true, yeah. Yeah. But what I like again about the, again, the 96 Rumble, I think it's also Steve Austin's first Rumble in the company. Yeah, it might have yeah, been. Yeah, I do believe so. Yeah. That's why I like it. It was one of those things where you kind of saw a little bit more. Like, there was no more Texas Tornado. Kerry Von Eric, uh, his days had gone. I think his last one was 92, I think. He was only in one, I believe. I, I believe think it was, it was 92. Yeah, he was in Ric Flair's. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah. Man, <laughs> but yeah, '96. It was one of those shows. I don't know. I just I found that moment to be very funny to me. Is to watch Shawn Michaels, who's never considered a heavyweight, to be able to lift two super heavyweights yeah. out of the ring when like like full blown super heavyweights were having the hardest time getting rid of people like Marty Jannetty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but Shawn Michaels could somehow. Just, oh, Yokozuna, 575 pounds. Vader, 380 pounds. I got this baby over the top. Well, I just found that to be hilarious. Well, I think it's kind of like, you know, he got underneath them and they were pushing each other both out to begin with. And he kind Not of you, bro. Their, their momentum. Even, I rewatched it. They were <laughs> kind of like jostling on the ropes. Yeah. But like they were both very much vertical. And as soon as Sean went in and did the old, they just they did the full flip over. It was. It was wonderful. Okay. It was just such a wonderful moment that it's like this is pure politic, it may be, but it was done in such a beautiful way. Because maybe know? I thought maybe it would have been like a Beth Phoenix uh, giant Kali where she uses his weight to uh, basically gravity eliminated the Kali. Uh, Beth Phoenix only kissed him and pulled him over the top rope. So yeah, um, almost, almost. Um, okay, so <laughs> so so my. My my number five, um, or no, I think I did five, or did I not? Well, regardless, I'm gonna do another one. I'm gonna do this one. I'm gonna talk about um, Brett Luger and their uh, their split title, where they both got eliminated at the same time. And I just want to talk about how amazing, how amazingly difficult it is for both people to hit at the same time. 
because yeah. it, they tried to replicate it again, but the guys could not do it. They tried to do a big show, and I think uh, maybe John Cena. I think the product. The they tried to do it a so couple well other times, was, though, and they couldn't they do the it. Same height. Yeah, they were the same height. And it was just perfect, perfect execution. Yeah. And that's what Brett is, yeah. the excellence of execution. So yeah. I I love that Royal Rumble. And that led into WrestleMania yeah. 10, which is one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time. So a great Royal Rumble uh, card and a great Royal Rumble, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my God, they're both going to WrestleMania. <laughs> So, yes. See, uh, that's my yeah. That was my next pick. Yeah. So I'm just gonna further further go with you on that one, because yeah, it was just so impressive to see those two guys. Uh, what a good like. There were a lot of mid carders in that rumble. There's a lot of like because this was like when they were trying to get over a lot of talent, right? They just lost uh, Hogan. They just lost a few people, so they were pulling in a lot of like newer talent, I believe, on this card. But yeah. there was a lot of really fun moments on that in well, that rumble. But yeah, what a finish! Just to to see that at first, I was like, I couldn't remember now as an adult which one was the genuine fuck up and which one uh, co finish and which one was the planned co finish. So like when I was watching it, I'm like, this fuck that looks like a just a genuine fuck up there. Oh, like it's super. It was very well done. So yeah, that was my number four. So. Yeah, you're right there, bud. That that what a great pick for your number five. What a great pick. You know, and and when you're talking about this rumble, uh, this was a really solid rumble for Diesel. Diesel eliminated quite a few. Uh, yeah. Scott Steiner. Uh, yeah. He, he eliminated Quang, which is which is uh, I believe PCO uh, was was Quang. Um, uh, Owen Hart, uh, Bart yeah. Gunn. Uh, you know, Diesel had to be eliminated by like uh, a Survivor Series team, like Bam Bam yeah, Bigelow, Crush, Mabel, Sparky, Plug, and Shawn Michaels. He also yeah. Diesel also put out Backlund, Gunn, and Virgil. Um, you know, Randy Savage was in this match. Jeff Jarrett was in this match. Bret Hart, Tatanka, Shawn Michaels, uh, Luger. Yeah. Uh, Fatu, Head Trigger, Rick Martel was in there. Well, they brought in a couple. He's been in a bunch. Rick Martel. Martel. There was one where he had a hell of a run. Uh, he was. Yeah, in the he did match like for- uh, one second. I actually wrote it down because it's in one of my moments. Uh, where did he go? Yeah, Rick Martel in '91. '91, he did 53 minutes. You're damn right, he did. He's a fucking former world champion. Yeah, so, fucking stud. I I am a big uh, Rick Martel fan, and and look at and like uh, yeah, it took Tatanka to eliminate him at twenty six uh, in yeah. this in the rumble that we're looking at that you were talking to. And, so and Tatanka was coming in riding that win streak too. You're still red hot. Oh yeah, three years. Like everybody talks about Goldberg, it's Kevin Nash yeah. who's like, why doesn't anybody talk about Tatanka? You know, like. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, it's and it's so funny because Tatanka, I always say, is one of the greatest Native uh, American wrestlers because unlike all the others, he was actually Native American, uh, whereas a lot of the others were Italian or um, or something else. So um, next. Nice. So next. Uh, yeah, so, so you're on your- I'm on my fourth? Yeah. All right. So four. Um, let's see here. Um, do, 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 four. Yeah, probably the, um, the one where Stone Cold runs, uh, runs the Rimshaw there. Is that at the Alamo Dome or is that at, um, I don't know. I can't remember. It's like, either like 97. You placed that. Lower than I have. I have that. I have that's my number one, baby. Oh well, my number one is obviously different. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but again, I'm older. Uh, so it's '97. So uh, I don't know where that happened. It was it '97 or '98. Yeah, Austin was still very much a heel. It was '97. 
I want to say 98 because 98 he was featured on the cover. I uh, just watched it. I literally just watched it before we started this. Oh, really? Okay, so it's yeah, 98. Like, literally, I walked out of here 90, to, okay. to do this podcast. All right, so that's so that's so that that one's mine. Yeah, I I have a feeling yeah. that so that's the, number four for you. Yeah, number okay, four. Yeah, because you are older than me, and I guess your sensitivity your sensibilities were a little bit different than mine. No, no, I just uh, I just again um, maybe the fact that I've kind of liked love Brock so much last year, who I didn't even put in the list now because I talked about it before, uh, but I kind of saw. I would put those two tied together because they're so similar, and I love them both. So, so that would be my it's still my four, you know. But anyways, yeah. all right, go on. <laughs> yep. But anyways, uh, you're picking it number one. Is dumb. Go on. I love no, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not saying. Look, it's in my four horsemen. It's in my. It's I in know, my. I love five. it. I love it. Yeah, but it's your. It's it's like your fucking. Mongo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mongo. Let's all remember, Mongo is a world champion in football, and <laughs> and he also you was, show some respect yeah, to Mongo McMichael. Exactly, and he's also responsible for bringing Deborah McMichael to wrestling. So he did two things okay. that are positives. So. <laughs> I love that. Uh, okay, so I'm on my three now. Okay, number three. Okay. So that's um, it's a Taker's Rumble debut. Okay, like that was very big on the, the Taker character. Um, so I just loved it. I loved how he gets into the ring. His first elimination is my favorite. He literally just grabs Bret Hart by the throat with two hands. Yeah, picks him up and throws him over the ropes. Awesome. Yeah, it's like you're just like this. Holy shit! <laughs> like it was Did that just happen? Impressive. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, he's still with Brother Love at the time. Yes. Yeah, it was great. That's what I loved about it. It was super great. Uh, it took the Legion of Doom together to eliminate him. Mm. Like, and then Hawk kind of did the old ah, what a rush, and then somebody dumps him out. Great, that great. And that was the yeah the great Rick Martel's fifty three minute run and Hulk Hogan's second in his back to back. All right, um, my number three is uh, probably well. Let me see. It's definitely one of those same rumbles. Um, I'm trying to figure out whether it's the first Hogan or the second Hogan one, but I will tell you in a second, um, Axis Smash, uh, let's see, Entrance 1, 2, was, was that really, um, Okay, I don't know if it's in this one. Oh, Hogan is the winner. And okay. uh this is okay, so it's the WrestleMania. I mean, it's the it's the Rumble where Hogan and the Warrior are in the center of the ring by themselves and it's the first face-off between the two and it's the first time they collide and it's before WrestleMania 6. So it would have been I think that's the first one. I think it is the first one too. Um, 1990. Yeah, 1990. I would think that might be the year. Uh, just let me double check it on there. Uh, Storylines. Where is it? Somewhere in the middle of the match. Um, who's all in this match? This match was like a who's who too. Ted DiBiase, the Warrior. The Warrior was in there for 40... 1990. 44 minutes? It was, the, ni- it was 1990. It was 90? Yeah. So, okay, so the Warrior came in at what? At 21? And yeah, they, they clear it out and stare at each other. Oh, Hogan came Start. in at 25, so... And then the winner... Oh, Warrior was... Did Hogan throw Warrior out? No. Sean, wait, what? Uh, who, wait, oh, wait, wait, what? How did the warrior, who threw the warrior out? Warrior. I'll find out. Oh, no, I got it. Hogan, Barbarian, and Rick Rude all threw him out. Okay. 
All right. I see what's going on. Sometimes these uh, these are hard to read because it has when they come in and it has who they're eliminated by, but it's not necessarily in the exact order of the elimination because everybody goes out at different times. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that when Hogan and, and, and uh, Warrior met, uh, that was uh, an epic moment, and you could not wait for their WrestleMania match, which uh, – was probably in my mind is one of Hogan's greatest matches ever. So, uh, yeah. So that is my, th- I believe that's three. So yeah, three. Yeah. We're on number two now. What's your number? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. Well, it's uh, it's the Flair Rumble. It's uh, when Flair takes it ninety two. All right. Uh, that was my number two. I just like the whole Rumble. I was big onto it. Like I like the kind of build up, like because they're kind of giving you the the hope that they're building up. Of course, you like Hogan was in the conversation, or maybe he's going to do it again, get the three P, or like they built up Bulldog a lot pre that as well. Like he won the twenty man battle royal at the yeah. Royal Albert Hall that year, and I was like this. Yeah, go for it, Davy Boy. My family's British. My dad was super into it. And he's like this, Davy Boy Smith gonna bring it home for the boys. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> like no, I don't think so. Like, but I was super I was super into it, man. I loved the whole the whole rumble. Um watching um Sid uh kind of like and Hogan have that little thing at the end there and then Flair just take it, buddy. That was magic. And Flair was still rolling with Mr. Perfect and shit. Come on, buddy. Oh, you yeah, don't. Was, yeah, you don't have to make the argument for me. That's my no, number. I'm just making it for our listeners. That's, that's know, I want them to feel the passion. That is my number one. That is my number hey. one. To me, there's no nothing better than the entire Ric Flair Royal Rumble match. For me, for me, okay, my number two was uh, Karma. When Karma made her comeback, I was always a big Karma fan. I liked her because I thought she was like the new China. Also, I like when bigger people get over and not as a joke. And for her to be coming in in the Royal Rumble and to throw out a guy or throw out a couple guys the way she did, I was like, this is really fucking great for her because she was so awesome Where in Japan and wherever else she was, she would be a perfect monster for WWE. And then she got pregnant. And ruined everything for her. And then we're lucky enough to see her come back in the Glow series where she did some of her best work as well as teaching all these women how to wrestle and to put on a decent series. So I like Karma's number two because I really, you know, um, I'm trying to think back and I don't remember a lot of China Royal Rumble moments, Um, Mm. you know, but this Karma one was very much uh, I, I, I liked and uh and my number one is rick flair because every okay so like he gets okay, first of all he, nobody ever he was the earliest guy to come in and he came in he didn't come in people sometimes think he came in at one or two he was the third guy in yeah and because so because his db aussie and davy boy were in the ring together that's a main yeah. event anywhere you go in the world and Ric Flair comes in. And then what made this great was because um, I don't know why what Vince's problem, why Vince let, like, Vince did not acknowledge any other wrestling until Ric Flair came in and he, he brought the belt and they, they acknowledged that he was the world champion elsewhere. And then they acknowledged, by acknowledging his past, he yeah. got to keep his past. So... Everybody in that rumble, when they get in the ring and they see Ric Flair, he's got history with with at least twenty of the people out of the thirty. Yeah. Like when you see Kerry Von Eric come in, and he's like, "Oh, good lord!" And when you see Ronnie Garvin come in, he's like, "I just lost the belt to him three years ago." And then you see, you know, you see, uh, you see Andre or whoever. Like he's wrestled them all. And yeah. it doesn't matter who comes in. He knows who they are. The, Greg Valentine comes in. He's like, oh, come on. Your daddy and I were friends. You know, like, he, he, like you'd see him be like, oh, no. And then 
every and then Bobby Heenan's commentary. Oh, it's not fair to Flair. It's not fair to Flair. It's not fair yeah, to Flair. To Mister to the interview at the end, and you know, like it, there's a with the the tear in my eye. You know yeah. that legendary promo that Flair cuts after winning it. M- mean Gene, put that cigarette out. Um, you know everything about that Royal Rumble from start to finish to the fucking interview at the end made it the greatest Royal Rumble ever. And when you look back at who was in that um, that Rumble, it was the who's who of wrestling at that, at that time, time yeah. in the world. Yeah. And they had all yeah. the top stars, you know. And uh, and I love that this is the, the poster that you use for this week because we're both like, we both hit our head, you know, we're both in agreement that this is the best. So the British Bulldog yeah. was in there. Ted DiBiase was in well, there. Flair was in there. Um, we, we're going to jump over not nasty, nasty Boy Jerry Sags. Uh, but we're going to go to Haku, who's the, the, one of the toughest men in wrestling. Uh, Hearts Bay Kid, Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, uh, the Barbarian. Ter- Kerry Von Erich, he fucking... Marty Jannetty. Yeah, well, <laughs> he's coming up. But the, but the, the Repo Man uh, was also... You know, Flair had faced the Repo Man in in WCW as Crusher Khrushchev. Uh, Greg Valentine, uh, Nikolai Volkov, Big Boss Man was Big Bubba Rogers when he used to beat up Ric Flair. Uh, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair. Jake Roberts and Ric Flair. Jim Dugan, not Duggan. Dugan and Ric Flair had had issues. Um, Jimmy Snooker and Flair, they probably had to run in at some point. You know, Randy Savage. Oh, uh, like oh my God! You continue like it was a, sick. It was amazing. Rick Martel, like, Hogan. Hogan uh, I know people make fun of Skinner, but that's Steve Karen, man, and uh, he's one of the fabulous ones. And uh, I saw a battle royal one time where a guy jumped the jumped the rail and tried to get into the battle royal, and Skinner fucking booted him in the head. So uh, I've always liked Skinner, Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Justice, and the Warlord. Also in that Royal Rumble, and yeah, uh, the Warlord. I used to call Warlord Stone Cold Steve Steroids. Oh my God, he was like he's he, like the Brian Cage of his time. Uh, he's just you got nothing, nothing, just ah, big muscle. He's like ah, all, all oh geez, one big, well, one big protruding muscle. Brian amazing. Cage. I think we talked about it last week where he got uh, dropped on the uh, staircase. And uh, he he got up, and you could see his like five zits were popped. It looked like a <laughs> constellation of blood, uh, you know. So so that's my number one. I don't know if we got a number two in there. You might have missed. And what's your number one? My number one was that Stone Cold '97 run. All right, where it was where Stone Cold kind of held it. What I liked is it's like I, again because I just rewatched this. It's watching Stone Cold come out. The glass, the glass breaks, da, 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 but nobody made a fucking noise. Like people fucking hated this dude. You know what I mean? He just comes out and just starts chucking knuckles, eliminating people left, right, and center. And then he'll just perch up on the turnbuckle, check his watch. Like I think this was that match was Bill Burr in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Yes. Like just swinging at the audience. Come on, you fat fucks, let's fucking go. You know what I mean? That's what it was. And, like, the only time he broke, really, from that character of just flipping off everybody, just telling, ask, yeah, give me more, give me more, is when Bret Hart's music hit. And then he looked like a, a schoolboy who just got caught stealing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he looked so scared. Agreed. And that just, again, that led to another, what a match that led to. You know what yeah. I mean? Yes. Um, and that was just it. And, like, Stone Cold, the end of it, like, go, getting eliminated, Nobody clocking it and just jumping right back in and then dumping them. Yeah. And that, what a win. Like, that's it. Like, he was doing lie. He was doing cheat to win before Eddie Guerrero, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and fantastic. And that is it. I we, love that. We did Some it. Some other great moments. Another great moment in that was that had the, the Jerry the King Lawler's surprise entrance when he's sitting at the commentary desk. This music hits. He's like, I gotta go, baby. Ah! <laughs> takes off his shit, 
hops in the ring, gets thrown right back out, and then just sits back in commentary like nothing happened. Now, Lawler's first Royal Rumble, uh, he walks in and he's not wearing his hat. He's carrying it beside him because the legend uh, was that one of the British Bulldogs took a shit in his uh, crown because Jerry Lawler was not well-liked when he got to the WWE because being a promoter in Memphis for many years, I guess he screwed over a lot of uh, guys on payments or something like that, But or he went over everybody. Like, nobody beat Jerry in Memphis, and I think maybe, you know, whatever it was, uh, there were a lot of people that had animosity towards the king, and uh, so it would lead to... Uh, somebody shitting in his uh, in his uh, <laughs> crown, you know. I always think of that Metallica song, like "Where's Your Crown?" Oh, over there, Davy Boy's shitting in it. Um, you know, <laughs> like you know. But I, uh, I just uh, so you see him walking out with it, like he's carrying the crown, and uh, yeah. it's kind of funny. You're like, why isn't he wearing it, Dad? Uh, that's another story, son, for another time. You know? <laughs> that is a story for another day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> jeepers. Yeah, that's it. That's my number one, man. That that whole rumble, uh, just watching Stone Cold just run people out. Because, like, again, that, I think that was his first rumble in the Stone Cold character. Before that, he did one as ringmaster, and his first one was that million-dollar champion. Yeah. Well, I'd you know like I mean? to do – I'd like to uh, – make this plan um because the the rumble's not this upcoming weekend it's next weekend and uh so we have another week before the rumble so what i propose what i propose is if you have time at any time next week you come over here and we will watch the uh 93 rumble from uh, not the we'll watch the rumble itself the rick flair rumble and we'll do a okay. we'll do a watch along with it where we will we'll, we'll commentate ourselves, and uh, yeah, it, that'll fill that'll fill an entire episode. So yeah, I'm down. Well, uh, I'll see if I can get us like a little flower sponsor too, maybe to hook us up for the viewing. Oh yeah, that would be a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if not, we will already have that kind of flowers and stuff here. But uh, right now, um, I'm uh, I'm uh, with ha- House Plant uh, from Seth Rogen and Friends. Uh, nice. Who, which is which is the uh, indica that I'm smoking today, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty pretty good. So uh, I'm smoking a legacy strain, but check this out. Look at this shirt, baby. This is what I'm smoking. What is that? Can Master Master Kush, Master Kusha, Master Kush. But I, I made it like Metallica, Master Puppets, and I put James Hetfield face in the nug. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm smoking right now. I got some really bomb Master Kush, and it's amazing. Sweet. Folks, hey, uh, so next week we got the 93 Rumble from Flair, uh, Ric Flair's a Glorious Royal Rumble. We'll be watching that. You want to yeah. listen to us? You want to you wanna watch it with us? Go ahead. We'll tell you when to turn on, and we will start our commentary and go through it, and you just watch it whenever you feel uh, ready to watch it with us. Uh, until yeah. then, uh, Reese, where can we find you online? What's going on? Follow me at re underscore Reese T on all uh, appropriate platforms. <laughs> all right, and for me, uh, you know where to find talking wrestling. We told you everywhere off the top. Uh, for me, Casey Corbin, uh, Spotify. Me, Go to Spotify. Uh, Casey Corbin, the artist. Three CDs. Vampires are popular. Turtle Crossing, and um, and uh, what's the other one? Oh, different jokes. Um. Yeah, we're yeah. So head me, find me on Spotify. Talking wrestling, we're on Spotify. Uh, that is pretty much it. Jay, you want to go to Instagram, my YouTube, do that too, or uh, you know, follow me. Uh, you, you know, if you feel good about yourself and you feel like you got some extra time, go uh, go follow us on Facebook or go follow us on uh, the Instagram, wherever you like. Just pick one and uh, go from there. Until then, uh, we'll talk at you next week. And uh, thanks for letting us put a headlock in your ears. For Reese Turner, I'm Casey Corbin, and we are out of here. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Peace.
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Thank you.